0: Hi, everyone. Thanks for downloading the podcast of Sandbox Radio Live. This episode, Something Wicked This Way, was recorded on October 1st, 2012 at West of Lennon in Seattle, Washington. You can catch up with prior episodes in iTunes or by visiting us online at thesandboxac.org. And if you're in the Seattle area, make sure to come on out for our next live show on January 28th, Eye of the Beholder. And now, Something Wicked This Way.
1: Sandbox Radio. And King.
0: Episode. New plays from Vincent Delaney, Scott Augustin, Paul Mullen, and Emily Conbert. A poem from Omar Willie. Special guest conductor Bruce Monroe. An adaptation of The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. And blues from Charles Leggett and the Sandbox Radio Orchestra, led by Jose Juicy González. <laughs> <laughs> We take you into the world of sandbox.
2: We'll just take a moment. You know it's awkward for us to. Not everyone thinks of that. You're doing a great job. Thank you so much for your help. Are you touching my junk? I'm sorry. You did. You touched my goods. Sir, I wasn't trying. I'm suing. You are so
3: sued. I'm filming all of this. I didn't
2: mean to. Where's touch your her?
3: supervisor? Ah, oh, my flight is boarding. You are so lucky. I have to get on a plane. I'm putting this whole thing on YouTube. Flight two fifty-five to Chicago. Now-
0: Backscatter by Vincent Delaney.
2: Ma'am, is this your four-ounce tube of shampoo?
4: It's my daughter's.
2: Ma'am, security protocols allow liquids up to three ounces. It's not even half full. It's almost empty. Ma'am, the TSA is unable to measure your personal liquids.
5: Mama, is he taking my mermaid shampoo?
2: Ma'am, please surrender the shampoo. You're joking. You're taking it from her?
6: I want my shampoo! I want my aerial shampoo!
4: You're an evil man. You're perverse. Give me that.
2: Uh, please don't grab the shampoo. It's not yours.
4: Is this how you get your pleasure? Rifling through a little girl's purses? Is this your social life? Why did he take Ariel? Why? Why? Because he's a despicable man who doesn't deserve children. Come on, sweetheart. Air France Flight 900 to Paris. We are closing the
3: doors. I'm ready to push back. Hi. Sorry. I'm really rushed. I've got two minutes to board. Whoa, looks like one minute. Here, I've got my shoes off, uh, belt too, here here you go, laptop open, liquids tucked in their ziplock baggie, wallet, watch. Are we good? Tell me we're good.
2: Oh my god, they're calling my flight. Sir, is this your nose hair trimmer? What? Is this your nose hair trimmer?
3: Yes, yes, go
2: ahead. Pull that out. Embarrass me. It's fine. Can I go? Sir, you understand that no sharp-edged instrument is allowed past the TSA checkpoint? I'm gonna need that. My nose hairs grow,
3: okay? They grow quickly. There, it's out. The entire line knows something disgusting about me. Are you happy? And it's called a grooming shear. I'm sorry, sir. I'm really gonna need to trim my nose hairs, please. Sir. Fine! Take it! I was just gonna use it to crash the plane. Hey, retard, I'm flying first class. They give you knives with your steak. I could disembowel my seatmate over dinner with the weapon supplied on board and you're taking my nose trimmer? Great! Toss it in the garbage. Along with the drinks, and the lotion, and the breast milk. Which means you don't really think any of it's dangerous, because if you did, you wouldn't just toss it in the trash. So what this really is, is justifying your own useless life with a made-up job that makes you feel important. Am I right, people? Am I?
2: Would you excuse
7: me? Stanley, you're on duty. What are you doing in here?
2: I can't do it. I can't do it. They're so mean to me.
7: Are are you cranking my chains on... What? What kind of a TSA officer are you, boy? I can't
2: do this job. I can't do this job. It's wrong. Stop
7: the damn sniveling. You are an American hero. Now get out there and act like one.
2: I don't want to touch their things. I don't want to feel their bodies. I am unclean.
7: So you want the terrorists to win?
2: No.
7: Do you hate America?
2: No.
7: Do you love Al-Qaeda? No. We are saving this country, and you're whining like a dog that needs putting down.
2: I'm losing my humanity.
7: Fine. I'll put you on the backscatter. Now get out of my sight. You're making me sick.
8: Hey there, Sonny.
2: I'm Big Stew. Now what's this thing called? A backscatter privacy enhanced full body scanning system. That
8: sounds dirty. Excuse me? You gonna see me naked? Because there's a lot of me.
2: (laughs) Uh, Sir, the TSA officer who adjudicates the scan is in a secure location and will never physically see
8: you. Will he see my privates?
2: Only bony tissues will show on the imaging system.
8: You did not just say bony tissue. <laughs>
2: uh, sir, please step through the scan. Ain't no way I'm gonna
8: fit in there. Look at me, I'm huge. Well, you can squeeze. Isn't there a pat down instead? No. I think you have to give it if I ask you. No, I don't. Give me the pat down.
2: We're out of pat downs today.
8: I want the pat.
2: No, please don't ask me. Give me the gold art pat down. Spread your legs and place your hands behind your head and breathe normally. Okay. I will be running my hands over your body, including your pockets in the inner folds of your garments. Please relax.
8: Go ahead and dig in there. Take your time.
2: I'm going to be touching you now. Mm. Mm. Uh, Sir, please don't make those sounds. Please, Please stop.
8: Your hands are so gentle. Please don't tell me that. I haven't been touched in so long. I want you to scratch me. Right there. Come on now.
2: What is that? What am I touching? (laughs) <laughs> sir please board your plane now you're not done I am done I don't feel finished will you excuse me please where are you going you get back here take care of big stew please answer the phone please holy oh, where are you answer the phone please just up.
5: Stanley why haven't you called me
2: I am losing my humanity your what I don't know how to be a person. I don't feel human. I'm deviant.
5: Stanley? I
2: have to touch them, all of them, in horrible ways.
5: Wait, listen to me. This is a good job. It's good money. What's wrong?
2: Well, just now I touched a man in a bad place and something felt wrong.
5: Stop right now. What is the matter with you? I'm not normal. Uh, Violet's here. She wants to talk. Daddy's not feeling good. Just say hello.
2: Hi, Dad. Oh, sweetheart. I missed you. Oh, I miss you so much, darling, darling girl. How are you? Hi, Dad.
5: (laughs) I'm afraid that's all you're going to get from her. She's so excited. We're flying there tomorrow. You're coming here? You need to get it together. For her. You need to get calmed down. Oh,
2: don't come. There's something wrong with me.
5: You have a family. We love you. Don't you want us? I have
2: to go. They're moving me to the imaging room.
5: That sounds nice. The imaging room.
2: Close the door, quick.
5: Where are we?
2: We're
3: right behind the checkpoint. The passengers walk right past us and don't even know. Check this out.
2: Oh, my God. As you can see, the screen shows way more than we tell the public. Um, <laughs> you can see everything. Oh, total D-cups. <sighs> I think they're naturals. See how they just hang there? Um, she looks naked. Totally. <laughs> The hot chicks go on a special flash drive for TSA parties. We're supposed to erase those images, eh, just the ugly ones. Whoa! Feast your eyes, Stan. I am married. I am not looking at that. She has a weapon in her cleavage. She does wear. Fool you. Oh, you made me look! God, that's the cool thing. You have to look. It's your
3: job. Want to know the best part? Watch this. Hi. Uh, have a great flight.
6: Excuse me.
3: Just have a great flight.
6: Do I know you?
2: No, but I know you.
9: That's her
2: from the scanner. They walk right past us. And they don't even know. Look at her jiggle, man. This is shameful. I believe in homeland security, not this. This is a violation. Oh, my God. She just winked at me. I got to go, Stan. Oh, don't leave me here. Later, dude. Keep an eye on the goodies. <laughs> I am looking for contraband. I am looking for plastic explosives. I am not looking at breasts. I am not looking at legs. I am looking at... Oh, my God. What the hell is that? She slapped me. I don't freaking believe it. I'm so friendly. Uh, I, I saw something on, on, on the screen. Hottie? A thing. It was inside a person. It was in his body. It was wearing him like a like a... A suit, it was huge! Whoa, 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 whoa. okay, Stan, <laughs> chill out. Oh my god, there's another one, look, it's not a human, it's hiding inside a person, it's a parasite, it's a parasite! Um, Stan? It's some other species, oh my god, there's another one, they're inside us and we don't even know. Okay. I have to do something. Wait, 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 don't open the door. Uh, hey, hey! Excuse me? I-, I know what you are, I saw, you are not a human being, you are a parasite, a parasite in a human body, you look like a woman, but you are not.
9: Fight me, jackass! <laughs> it's. it's walking away!
2: Get, get it! C- catch it! Stop it! They're all walking away! Sit down. I. I saw them. They're real. They're real.
7: What the hell is going on in here? Stanley, are you too much of a wimp for this job? Milt, it's horrible.
2: You won't believe it.
7: He saw. Oh.
2: He did. They're different. They're inside us like a reptile, but huge. The backscatter shows them they're wearing us like clothes. No shit. There's something living among us. You have to believe me. I do believe you. You do?
7: You see, Stan. We've actually been here for a long time now.
2: Oh, my God.
5: All flights are
2: currently
7: delayed due to unforeseen circumstances. Please see the agent for further
2: information. There will be no more flights. Stan? Uh, Hey, uh, hey, Stan. uh,
7: He's waking up. Oh, my head. Hey, 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 it's okay. Just breathe, okay?
2: Oh, what happened?
7: You lost it, son, and it's my fault.
2: Maybe we pushed you too hard in your first week. I saw such things. They seemed so...
7: It's gonna be okay.
2: I was sure they were inside us wearing us like a suit. We
7: got a nice surprise for you.
5: Oh, Stanley. Oh, Lily. I'm so sorry. I didn't know things were this bad. We're here now.
7: We put them on the first flight. You're gonna be okay.
2: You're a good agent, Stan. Uh, Lily, I I thought I saw something so horrible on the backscatter.
5: Hush, hush, darling. It's okay. Uh, Where's Violet? She's right here. Hi, Dada. Oh,
2: sweetheart. Oh, darling little girl, I missed you. Missed you, Dada. Let me put her in your lap. No, 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 please don't do that. Stanley. I'd just rather not touch, please. I'd just rather not. She's your daughter. Up you go. Please, I don't feel good about this. There uh, we go.
5: Violet has something to show you, darling. She does? What is it? Look, Dada, look. Hold
4: me, darling. Hold me tight. I'm never going to leave you. No,
2: no, no!
10: I'll holler at y'all tomorrow, though. Uh, you might not even see me tomorrow. Where are you going to be at? Uh, if I told you that, I'd have to cut you. <laughs> Why you want to cut me, hey, man? I gotta cut you. I going to cut you. <laughs> I'm gonna call the police on you. Hey, look, I'll become an informer. Hey, look, I've never been a snitch in 50 years, and I'm gonna start telling now. <laughs> <laughs> See what I'm saying? Because I don't even mess with no police.
1: <laughs> Fuck the police in Seattle, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be
10: like, hey, look, Officer, officer of the law, I wouldn't even know how
2: to say something to him.
10: (laughs) All right, look, 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 I'll holler at you tomorrow. holler at her tomorrow. You ain't gonna see me tomorrow.
6: Holler,
10: holler. I'll see you tomorrow. You ain't gonna see me tomorrow. Back door. Holler
6: back. This message brought to you by the back of the 358 bus to Aurora Village. The 358, Seattle's first choice in mobile dangertainment.
11: All conversations guaranteed overheard on the back of the 358. Names and identities withheld to maintain fabulousness.
6: The back of the 358. Back door. <laughs>
12: Muscle Memory, a poem by Omar Willey.
0: Time is ticking calmly as I tidy. Talk still chasing tick. I think about it, only for a heartbeat. Barely turning toward the door, I wait. My final client for the day knocks gently.
12: Sorry, I was stuck, he says. Still finishing some things late.
0: Other niceties observe?
12: It's hot,
0: yes. Still, I notice now a chill comes over me capriciously. Relax and stretch now. Any special injuries or tightness? Just a
12: little, mostly in my shoulders.
0: is middle forties, maybe? Calm with something fierce concealed within his quiet nonchalance his muscles like a rusty iron cage awaiting restoration. Twenty minutes pass, and still his breathing breaks erratically. His body shows some signs of T.O.S. I take his arm and stretch it fully, feeling lines of tension. I have never felt such strained resistance. Maybe difficult... I say. No matter.
12: Do whatever you must do. He murmurs. You're the therapist. I trust your judgment.
0: Thumb now pressed against the trigger point for my release and then I slip. <laughs> my thumbnails scratch my error on him. But instead of pain, He emanates a deep, unworldly breath. I run my fingers furtively against the laceration, softly stroke the scrawl again to smooth it over. Then the slight incision opens like a window to a vacuum, swallows me. I surrender wholly. Through his open wound, I merge into the memories of muscles at the beginning of his snapping, then his lashing, calm determination rising through the spine toward his digits, calculating cost of life and limbs, then how to clean up, where to hide the body, parts dissevered and still make his fifteen after five appointment calm and well-dressed now my hands are his hands they remember into me i feel the past still rotting under weeping willow under floorboard and i shudder wrists and arms the deltoids Hot trapezius recoil with every blow. Bones are cracking. Spots of blood thirst slowly like a sprinkle. Then an autumn rainfall, steady, covering my hands as they lurch and repeat. How many times with growing strength and sinewy determination, clawing, rending, flaying flesh alive? No. I remove my hands or try but cannot, I absorb all visions and freeze. He does not move, instead a smile forms from the corners of his lips.
12: Do not stop now, when there is so much more to see yet, then why not look, if you please, madam. Cyrano, you've
7: read it. (laughs)
0: Laughing brusquely just above his clavicle my shaking hand could separate him from his breath a pair of nails into his mastoid or another he point. but I am sworn to do no harm not even for the world he has corrupted I am torn as I withdraw withhold my horror silent
12: I imagine you're a bit unsettled. No, I'm not inclined to cuff you firmly. No ungentlemanly conduct. Unlike Cyrano, I will not take a saber and impale you. It's your move now. Haven't you desired to share connection with your clients? And besides, we both have 20 minutes in our session still remaining. What will you decide?
0: His laughter, (laughs) wicked, forces me to final resolution.
12: Midnight now, looking out the window, waiting for my tea to cool down. Humans and their arrogance amuse me, always thinking nothing ever happens, always thinking knowledge has no consequences. It will not hurt tomorrow morning. Beneath the willow, wondering how, she will waken merged with my old flesh, and so the violence will continue on and her new host inside her animus. Probably she'll scream at first, but soon she'll discover joys in evil and brutality as she lives on in her bloodless victims. Her hands will serve their master well. While she sleeps tonight, unmindful I have work to do, I must get used to these hands. Tea time now, tomorrow I have clients in the morning, I'll check her calendar.
0: Of the Damned by Scott Augustin.
4: Good <laughs> <laughs> Tag, Clara. Hello, little my friend. Clara,
6: you have been crying of the tears.
4: A little. Clara, why? I am the unhappiest girl in our whole village. This village here
6: high in the Austrian
4: Alps? <laughs> why, Clara? Why? Well, you know that when I was just a baby, my mother died. Yeah, so
6: sad. Then,
4: when I was six, my father
6: left me with my aunt. Yeah, your aunt who has the wooden leg and fought so bravely in the war against the Hungarians.
4: (laughs) Yeah, father left me with that aunt and went to South America.
6: And no one in the village thought he would return. They thought he would drink himself to death with strong Peruvian jungle beer.
4: But he did come back and with a new wife. My stepmother. Yeah. Rosalita Del Flores, who
6: has such a gay laugh.
4: <laughs> and then later, my father died of the linderpest. And now, my horrible, horrible stepmother has told me a terrible thing.
6: Oh, is she sending you to a harsh boarding school that will be made uncomfortable by the attentions of the Belgian headmistress who smokes cigars and reads Goethe? Worse than that,
4: Rosalita means to give me a quinceanera. What the hell is that? A fancy party for a girl who turns 15.
6: In this village, we celebrate 16. We a Catholic mass, sing tour. I tried to tell her that, but she just laughed in her gay manner.
4: Oh, I will be the fool of the village, and Gunther will
6: never love me. (laughs) Oh, here comes that Latin witch now. Auf Wiedersehen.
4: Clara, Clara, what a happy day we will have. I will cook a spicy feast. There will be music and dancing and the gayest marionette show the Alps have ever seen. Oh, Clarita. It's just Clara, stepmother. Oh, my serious little bird. You make me think of my own quinceanera. Such a day. I was even allowed a small cup of the sangria. I was beautiful, and you will be beautiful. Here in the village, we celebrate 16, not 15. We drink brown coffee, not sangria. We go to church. There will be church. But also there will be time for the flirting Scandal. <laughs> I think I have spied a boy for you, Dieter. Dieter, who hurts the goats? What a handsome boy. Oh, to roll around in the tall grass with such a raging bull of a boy. He is sturdy. But I think gentle too. Have you seen how he leads the goats to pasture with the flute he has? Nine. <laughs> Never could I be this theater. When I see him with the flute, of him, all I can think is how it looks like a schwanz. How he puts his mouth upon it And if he were ever to kiss me on the lips of my face It would be like putting the schwanz on my mouth (laughs) And then when I went to church and I took communion It would be like pressing the schwanz onto the body of the Christ (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 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 oh. Uh, Oh, Clara, my stern little sparrow Who do you have eyes for? Only for Gunther. Gunther? Gunther, the son of the Baron? Yes, Gunther, who plays the glockenspiel. The life of a Baroness is not always... You know nothing of the ways of Austria. True, my dear one, true. I have a surprise. Your quinceañera dress. Put it on. It is tight in the bosoms. Oh, Clara! Look! Here is a mirror. Oh, so many colors. I look like the clown or the gypsy or the whore who walks on the riverbank whistling to the boats that go by. Gunther will think I am a crazy clown gypsy whore. No. No, no, Clara will look beautiful. And think how he will look when when you twirl on the dance floor. Dancing? Oh no. See, dancing. Every quinceañera has dancing. <laughs> you will dance with everyone in the village, starting with the oldest. Oldest? Oh, no. That would mean Herr meckelstein Schmidt. You will dance with him. No. Before I would dance with that horrible schwein, I would dance with the devil. (laughs) El Diablo. Oh no, Clara. I should have warned you. When you are wearing your quinceañera dress, the devil can hear every word you say.
10: (laughs) You are mine. You and your pretty dress are coming with me. (laughs) Oh, welcome to your new
1: home, Clara.
4: Oh, no! The halls of hell! Who are those (laughs) hideous monsters? Those deformed (laughs) lakes?
6: You, in about
4: five years. (laughs) Oh, let me go!
7: There is something every new girl must do.
4: What cruel and brutal humiliation awaits me.
7: Oh, Clara, Clara. All you have to do is dance for me. Dance? Mm Mm-hmm.
3: Dance.
4: Does your band know the vaults of the little kittens?
7: The vaults of the kittens?
4: It is the only dance I know.
7: (laughs) Sweet child, once you put on these red shoes, (gasps) your feet know every dance in the book, including my favorite the tango of the rabid (laughs) she-wolf.
1: No!
10: No! And then, Liebchen, your quinceanera dress shall become your wedding gown. I am to be your wife? You are to be one of my wives. (laughs) One of my many, many wives. (laughs) You see, every girl who is selfish or ungrateful, Every girl with a vinegar tongue and a belly full of sass Every girl who does not appreciate her quinceañera becomes my bride Oh
5: no! Oh yes
3: <laughs>
7: Take a minute and freshen up, and then the
3: dancing shall begin
4: Oh! If only I had listened to Rosalita than Flores Who is me? Dita. Good boy Dita?
3: You know another Dita?
4: I am happy to see you. I'm happy to see a familiar face. But why are you here in the bowels of hell?
3: I have come to your rescue.
4: But how? The legions of the damned are sick as the army of Hungarians.
3: (laughs) I will play my flute. My song of pure love will repel them.
4: Shrink back in horror. Quickly, through this passage! Stop her! My holy angels!
1: Stop her! Keep playing!
3: We are safe.
4: Oh, Dieter, Dieter, I once marked the way you gripped the shaft of your rustic wooden flute and placed your wet mouth upon the blowing hole, but now I feel safe when I think of that flute between your sweet full lips.
3: Clara... Will you be my girlfriend?
4: Let me think about it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I will be proud to be a go to this fraulein. You're <laughs> the Clara, you are safe. Oh, Rosalita Del Flores, I'm sorry I was hateful. I am just happy to see you. <laughs> <laughs> If you are happy to see me, where is the tinkling laugh of you? Oh, my dear rabbit. I traded away my laughter to send it below to find you. Oh, no. You will just have to laugh for the both of us. Yes. I can do that. <laughs> we will work all day. Rosalita? See my pumpernickel tortilla? Can... <laughs> Can my first dance at my quinceanera be with you? See, si, Clara dear. See. Si. <laughs>
2: You alright? Huh? You upset?
9: Does it look like it?
2: A little. Look, whatever it is, it'll... Huh? Whatever it is, it'll pass. Huh? Just give it some
9: time. It's every other day. Know what I mean? Every other day, some shit fucking pisses me off.
2: Well, life can be frustrating.
9: Life's a bitch. And then you die.
2: Well, learn how to whoop that bitch's ass.
9: Bitch? You think I'm a fucking dyke dude? Come on, man, get your shit straight. I like dick. I'm not a dyke. I may look like a dyke sometimes.
2: Nah, you don't strike me like that.
9: I don't fuck pussy unless it's my own.
2: Uh, did you guys have a good time at the game?
9: (laughs) Oh yeah, we stirred in. Too
2: much alcohol.
9: Fuck the alcohol. Blame it on the alcohol? You be tussling with somebody? No. You touched a sensitive subject and you should not have. You fighting with somebody? You be tussling with somebody? Who the fuck do you think I've been with?
2: (laughs) Your hair is fucked up.
9: Of course my hair is fucked up. Any female on this bus knows once you get mad, you get like.
1: <laughs>
9: you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't give a shit. I don't care whether I look crazy or not. I'm drunk from mad.
2: Drunk and mad? That's a bad combination.
9: Sure is. Sure the fuck is. Why are you mad? Oh, don't get me started. Don't get me started on the bus of. If- Saying that, come on, please. I'm in the fucking middle of Seattle. Don't get me started. And now you're fucking with my emotions? What the fuck's up with you?
8: This is the 16 to Northgate. This is the
9: 62 Northgate. Shit, this is the wrong fucking bus!
6: (laughs) This message brought to you by the back of what you thought was the 358 bus to Aurora Village. The 358, Seattle's first choice in mobile danger
11: All conversations guaranteed overheard on the back of what you thought was the 358. Names and identities withheld to maintain fabulousness.
6: The back of the 358! I'm getting the fuck off this
9: bus!
0: To Sandbox Radio live something wicked this way this episode was supported in part by the Sandbox Artist Collective and a grant from Four Culture Sandbox Radio is made possible by the generous financial contributions of listeners like you support the creation of future episodes by making a donation at the sandboxac.org now back to the show
1: Sandbox Radio.
9: Oh, son of a bitch, where the fuck are we?
10: Seattle Center.
9: Oh my goodness, this is not going to go to the fucking Northgate Mall, is it?
10: Yeah. Yeah, we should get off here and walk over to no. the, the... The 358 right there.
9: I'm going to the Northgate Mall. The 358, sign the next... I'm going to the Northgate Mall. The 358's right there. I know where the fucking 358 is. I know where the 358 is. Dumb shit, excuse me. I know where I'm going. The 358, it's right over there. Fuck off. The 358. I fucking hate this bus.
10: The 358's right above. I'm not taking
9: the goddamn 358. It goes right where
10: we're going. I'm not taking
9: the 358. Fuck Aurora.
10: (laughs) I'm not doing it. If you want to go home, you gotta take it.
9: I ain't going home. Fuck off. (laughs) I
10: don't don't even know what you're ticked off about.
9: (laughs) Figure it out. I mean, what are
10: you so mad about?
9: Obviously, we need time to be not with each other.
10: Yeah, I'm going to leave you in downtown Seattle. You got my shirt, and I'm not leaving without a shirt. Come on. I'll
9: give you my shirt. I don't give a fuck. I'll ride on the goddamn bus in my fucking bikini. Come on now. Shit, you think I'm scared of it? Motherfucker, I'll walk down 3rd Avenue in my goddamn bikini.
10: Because you're a retard. I'll be a retard. Yeah, you, you could get thrown in jail for that.
9: Whatever. At least in jail I get three meals a day and somebody to love me.
10: Oh, that's a real. (laughs) That's a real awesome way to look at it. Come on.
9: No. Why? Leave me alone. Those of you wishing to transfer
8: to the 358,
9: this is your stop. 358's right behind us. I said I'm not getting on the fucking 358!
10: I'm getting off. Whatever. I need my shirt.
9: Take it, fuckface.
10: Say goodbye, Sasha.
9: Read the finger, fucker. (laughs) Leaving me without a shirt on the fucking bus? I'm in my fucking bikini. Fuck. Fuck. Fuck! What a dick, dude. Don't
6: look at me. Don't look at me. Oh my God, I'm fucking bare naked on the bus. (laughs) This message brought to you by the back of what you thought was the 358 bus to Aurora Village. The 358, Seattle's first choice in mobile dangertainment.
11: All conversations guaranteed overheard on the back of what you thought was the 358. Names and identities withheld to maintain fabulousness.
6: The back of the 358.
9: Fuck Aurora. I'm not doing it. <laughs>
11: while I pondered, weak and weary over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as if someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. Is some visitor,' I muttered, rapping at my chamber door. Only this, and nothing more. Distinctly I remember it was in the bleak December, and each separate dying ember wrought its ghost upon the floor. Eagerly I wished the morrow. Vainly I had sought to borrow from my books a cease of sorrow. Sorrow for the lost, Lenore. For the rare and radiant maiden, whom the angels name, Lenore. Nameless here, forevermore. And the silken sad, uncertain rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me. Filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before so that now to still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating, "'Tis some visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door, some late visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. This it is, and nothing more." Presently my soul grew stronger, hesitating then no longer. "'Sir,' said I, or, "'Madam?' dreaming dreams no mortals ever dared to dream before, but the silence was unbroken, and the stillness gave no token, and the only word there spoken was the whispered word, Lenore. This I whispered, and an echo murmured back the word,
1: Lenore.
11: back into the chamber, turning, all my soul within me burning. Soon again I heard a tapping something louder than before. Surely, surely, said I, that is something at my window lattice. Let me see, then, what thereat is, and this mystery explore. Let my heart be still a moment in this mystery explore. Tis the wind and nothing more. Open here I flung the shutter. When, with many a flirt and flutter, in there stepped a stately raven of the saintly days of yore. Not the least obeisance made he. Not a minute stopped or stayed he, but with mien of lord or lady perched above my chamber door, perched and sat upon a bust of palace above my chamber door, perched and sat, and nothing more. Then the ebony bird beguiling my sad fancy into smiling by the grave and stern decorum of the countenance it wore. Though thy crest be shorn and shaven, (laughs) thou, I said, art sure no craven, ghastly, grim, and ancient raven wandering from the nightly shore. (laughs) Tell me what thy lordly name is on the night's plutonian shore. But the raven, sitting lonely on that placid bust, spoke only that one word as if its soul in that one word it did outpour. Nothing farther than he uttered, not a feather than he fluttered, till I scarcely more than muttered, Other friends have flown before. On the morrow you will leave me as my hopes have flown before. Then the bird said, of never, never more. But the raven, still beguiling my sad soul into smiling, straight I wheeled a cushioned seat in front of bird and bust and door. Then, upon the velvet sinking, I betook myself to linking fancy unto fancy, thinking, what this ominous bird of yore, what this grim, ungainly, ghastly, gaunt, an ominous bird of yore meant in croaking, nevermore. This I sat engaged in guessing, but no syllable expressing to the fowl whose fiery eyes now burned into my bosom's core. This and more I sat divining with my head at ease reclining on the cushion's velvet lining that the lamplight gloated o'er. But whose velvet violet lining with the lamplight gloating o'er, she shall press. Oh, nevermore. Then, methought thought the air grew denser, perfumed, from an unseen censer swung by seraphim whose footfalls tinkled on the tufted floor. Wretch, said I, thy god hath lent thee by these angels. He hath sent thee. Respite and Nepenthe from my memories of Lenore. Quaff, oh, quaff this kind Nepenthe, and forget this lost Lenore. the raven? Nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still if bird or devil, whether tempter sent or whether tempest tossed thee here ashore, desolate yet all undaunted, on this desert land enchanted, on this home by horror haunted, tell me truly, I implore, is there Is there balm in Gilead? Tell me, tell me, I implore, quoth the raven. Nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil. Prophet still, if bird or devil, by that heaven that bends above us, by that god we both adore, tell this soul with sorrow laden if, within the distant Aden. It shall clasp a sainted maiden whom the angels name Lenore. Clasp a rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore. 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 Quoth the raven. Nevermore. Be that word our sign of parting, bird or fiend, I shrieked upstarting. Get thee back into the tempest and the night's plutonian shore. Leave no black plume as a token of that lie thy soul has spoken. Leave my loneliness unbroken. Quit the bust above my door. Take thy beak from out my heart, and take thy form from off my door. Quoth the raven.
4: Nevermore.
11: And the raven, never flitting, still is sitting, still is sitting on the pallid bust of Pallas just above my chamber door. And its eyes have all the seeming of a demon's that is dreaming. And the lamplight o'er him streaming throws his shadow on the floor. And my soul from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted.
12: Not the sort with wings and a harp and a halo. Markimes are the black ops. We do things other angels can't or won't. Me, I'm a talker. Subarchy, reverse curse. Upstairs, pulled me out of retirement for a mission down in this soggy town. But when it was done, I didn't go back. I had questions and the answers weren't up above in the fix. Now, I'm walking neutral, half-fallen, in what we angels call the show. But I gotta watch my back, because things can always get uglier.
0: Previously on Markheim.
11: If you are walking neutral, Markheim, then I worry for your safety. Samael never breaks his bond, it's true. But he has a very nasty habit of making his deals much more unpleasant than his second parties expect. I'll take my chances. Well, I choose not to take chances. Therefore, I am leaving you these three dominations for protection. I wager Brother Samael will be less tempted to pester you with them around.
1: Whose park? Our park. Whose city? Our city. Our city. Yeah.
12: Where's Dig Stank? In the hospital. He cut off his hand, asshole. Says it was your idea. Shit. Did he say if it still burns? Something strange is going on, Smiley. I think some shit is gonna go down if I don't talk to Sam. Where's the lowest, foulest place in town? Think nasty, hurtful.
7: Oh, the Metro Dig. They tortured a big, nasty metal worm to chew its way through Seattle's guts under Capitol Hill. Sounds promising. Take me there? Shit. Fine, let's go. How am I supposed to get past these dom guards? Jeez, Markheim, I gotta think of everything for you. Come on, just follow me into this, Tully's.
0: (laughs) And now, episode six of Markheim.
12: Maybe it's the dreams I've been having. Or maybe it's that angels don't dream. Anyway, I figure it. I gotta talk to Sam. But how does a lowly Markheim like me dial up the devil? Especially when the archangel Ragel has posted a guard of dominations over me. I follow my Spokane Indian friend Smiley through the Tully's coffee shop and through the back room into a long corridor deep underneath one of the harbor steps' towers. From there we make our way down into the bus tunnel, getting off at convention place, and then, with me now keeping unseen to any meat and Smiley playing his own engine invisibility games, we sneak on foot into the tunnel itself. Smiley leads me ever deeper into the underbelly of Seattle's Capitol Hill. So? So what?
7: So how far you want to go in? I told you this tunnel's got bad medicine. The deeper we go, the worse it gets.
12: Then let's go deeper.
7: Shit. Holy damn. What's that? I told you about that before we come down here. That's the giant metal worm that chews through Seattle's insides. The meat's gotten fancier since I was last down. And what's that over there? You mean the honeypot? That's a portable shitter, Markheim. I mean. Ah. Perfect. That's disgusting, man.
12: Pretty wrong, huh? I'll say, yeah. Very, very wrong? Sure. Okay, then, let's get started. You coming in? Hell no. I thought you wanted to meet Sam. In that stink? That's the idea.
7: Oh, man, don't stick your face in there like that. It's okay.
12: Angels have a terrible sense of smell. (laughs) Hello? Is this thing on? Testing, hey, hey, Sam. It's the mark I'm. Can you hear me? We need to talk. I found the lowest, foulest, baddest medicine infested place from which to place my call, thanks to my good friend Smiley. Hey, don't be saying my name. Don't worry about it. So, Sammy boy, Prince of Air, Lord of Flies, I do believe a situation needs your attention. And so here I am, screaming into a shit filled portable shitter. Sort of a metaphor for you, wouldn't you say? Portable, shit-filled shitter. Is this really the best way? Absolutely. Sir Thomas More once said, the devil proud spirit cannot endure to be mocked. Yeah, how things go for that dude. They cut off his head, boiled it, and stuck it on a pike above the London Bridge. Okay. There's something happening down here, Sam, in this soggy forgotten town in the upper left-hand corner of nowhere. Angels are dropping down from the fix like the flies you claim lordship over. Like flies on shit. Cities starting to crawl with angels. Hell, i personally got a bodyguard of three shadowing me everywhere. And why do you think that is, Sammy? This is still your city, ain't it? Sam, you know what? I couldn't give a shit. I couldn't give the shit currently sitting in this portable shitter. You figure it out with your own crew. I'm walking neutral and I don't care to ever see you again. Yeah, yeah, Sam, that's right. I hope to God, that's right. I hope to the great A-Wall anagram himself that I never lay eyes on your angel face again. You hear me? Do me that favor and stay right down there, rotting in the hell you created for yourself!
7: You done? Yeah. You got issues, Markheim. Yeah.
12: I decided to make the most of the little vacation Smiley arranged from my celestial bodyguard to pay a long overdue visit. Didge. Didge, it's the Markheim. You awake?
2: Oh, Hey, Mark, what the hell are you doing here?
12: Just thought I'd check up on you. I heard you cut off your glowing hand. Yeah. But then they sewed it back on. That's right. Stank said it doesn't burn anymore.
2: No, that's bullshit. It still burns, never stops. But now it's so clear like pure vodka or holy water or something. Cold like the whole hand is somewhere else, somewhere beautiful, crisp. I'm not worthy of this pain, or I didn't used to think so, but now I know I am. Veronica says so. No one deserves it more. If anyone tried to take it from me, I'd kill the mark. That's the God's honest truth. I'd kill you.
12: Much as I hate to say it, Didge, you you ain't got that particular trick in you. Not even now, with your hand of holy fire. I wouldn't know.
2: (laughs) I'll ask Veronica next time I see her. Who's
12: Veronica? She's
2: my friend. She's the one that makes the burning okay.
12: How does Veronica do that, Didge? She comes to me. When does she come?
2: At night. Late. In the middle. She rides me. She makes me come. The burning inside her flows from my hand through my body into her and as long as it keeps flowing, it's okay, you know?
12: She mentioned anyone else? Like who? Like whose center? Who she works for? She doesn't
2: work for anybody. She's my friend.
12: Succubus. What? What did she smell like?
2: Think. Spring, thick grass and flowers blooming and wetness. Could be
12: a demon or an angel. Hard to say. Whatever this Veronica is... It may well feel like you now owe it a debt, and someday it may want to collect.
2: Good. Whatever she wants, I'll give it to her. That's what
12: I'm afraid of. One more last thing, Didge. What? How did you cut your hand off?
2: With a radial arm saw. Where? My brother in law's cabinet making shop in Georgetown.
12: Uh, and who found you? What? Someone must have found you pretty quick for them to save your hand and sew it back on. It was Stank. What was Stank doing at your brother-in-law's shop?
2: I I don't know. I don't remember. He was just there. I lost a lot of blood. Yeah,
12: of course. All right, get some rest. I'll see you soon.
2: Not if I see you first.
12: That's funny, kid. Is it? Well, that's just... Kid goes to the perfectly reasonable trouble of chopping off his hand, only to get it sewn back on, and now someone or something is trying to get its hooks in him. Why? With the Regelles Doms guarding the harbor steps, I gotta find some new stairway to sit and think. For now, freeway park. It ain't ideal. Too boxy and claustrophobic. Too many juggalo kids looking for trouble and too many blind angles for them to find it.
9: Hello, Markheim. Remember me?
12: Think so? Demon choker, name of Mara, right?
9: (sighs) That's right.
12: Wasn't sure at first. Hard to recognize you without the cowardly ambush.
9: Didn't think that was necessary. Didn't you? Shall we cut to the chase?
12: And which chase is that, doll?
9: You got a message for Sam? You can give it to me.
12: Oh, can I?
9: What's your problem, Markheim? I'm showing restraint here. Whose
12: restraint, your own or Sam's? No clever comeback? Speak up. I said, speak up, choker. No? Well, whatever you do, don't touch yourself. What? Don't put your hands on yourself. What? Don't push them down and then glide them up, feeling everything in between. Uh, right. I. And don't reach them up to your beautiful neck.
9: Oh, what's happening? Why is your face?
12: Glowing? I wouldn't know. I don't glow. Now do me a favor, and this is very important, Mara demon choker with your beautiful, strong hands on your own beautiful, long neck like that. Whatever you do, don't squeeze. You don't think there was a Mark I'm in the room with Judas at the end? Now believe this, if you believe anything, you sexy pile of sulfur. Sam loves you. Sam's not in love with this world or with his hopes of heaven regained. He loves you and all his demon horde and wouldn't ever betray you for a single moment in the presence of, say, Tsar Raphael, archangel of truth.
9: The fall is irrevocable. Sam can never go back. None of the fallen can.
12: Who told you that? Oh, probably Sam, right? probably told you that angels are like demons and can never fall back up. Here's what strikes me funny about that. How come they still got wings? And you lousy demons got nothing but the crisp and the occasional ticket to the show. But shh. Don't squeeze. You don't think there was a Markheim with the kid in the wilderness? Oh sure, everyone says it was Sam, but think about it. That's Markheim work. Now listen closely, darling Mara. The last thing I would want you to do is squeeze so tight that you choke your own damned soul down to the crisp. But you, should you do that against my better advice. Then do me a little favor when you get there. Tell Sam I talk to him or nobody. Okay? Because like he and you both reminded me recently, things can always get uglier right now. Whatever you do, don't squeeze
1: hard.
0: (laughs) Next time on Markheim. My
12: eyes pop open. My heart is thumping. But there's nothing in the night. Just the harbor steps and my domination guards. One at the top of the steps, one at the bottom, and one stuck in the middle with me.
3: Mark Shut Hello
6: anybody home?
3: Who's that? Aren't you gonna introduce me to your friend?
6: Oh, the bloody don't hell. talk to him, don't even me.
12: look at him, just keep your heads down. You He
6: ain't meat. Some demon, then. Not play likely.
5: Oh,
3: look at these little darling dominations. So fresh from the fix, they don't even recognize me. What do they teach you up there, anyhow?
4: Best get back to hell, brother. Touch him up.
3: (laughs) This one's spicy, Markheim. Is she your favorite? She'd be mine. These things are full of juice, you know. Just have to open
0: them right. Want to know what happens next? Join us for the next episode of Markheim. Go to hell, crisp trash. I can't go
8: to hell, sister. I am hell.
0: (laughs) Now give us
3: a kiss.
9: extra shirt it's a little lacy but you can have it for real girl for real that is love dude that is so love um can you figure it out for me um this is my stop coming up oh my god he really left don't look at me oh god (laughs) i'm really embarrassed i'm so sorry i'm i'm in my bra he took my shirts I am so glad you're here. Everybody else is like, "Oh my God, crazy ass white bitch, naked on a bus." <laughs> Stop laughing. <laughs> I see you laughing. Do you know him? Kick his ass when you get off the bus. Oh my goodness, do you have a phone? Do you have a phone? I yes. I need to like. It just has texting. Call somebody. You only have texting. <laughs> Shit, are you serious? Well, I love you, girl. Thank you. You're welcome. Fuck, she didn't even figure it out for me. I'm fucked, I'm so fucked. <laughs> Great. And thi- and this goes like, ugh, shit man, she couldn't even tell me how to fucking put the shirt on before she fucking gave it to me, fuck. Sweetheart, hey, can you help me? Can you help me figure this shirt out? I can't get it, I, it's sort of confusing, ain't it? Yeah. She gave me this shirt like it's a rag I'm supposed to fuck around with it? Well, it's better than nothing. You are right. You're very, very right. (laughs) Oh My goodness, can you believe this shit? Thanks. You're very unusual. Oh, no worries. No, a lot of people in Seattle really don't do this shit. It's nothing. Oh, please, like at Torchlight Parade, I'm sorry to say I got busted in the face and my whole face was swollen. And I went up to
6: everybody, and nobody helped me. This message brought to you by the back of what you thought was the 358 bus to Aurora Village. The 358, Seattle's first choice in mobile dangertainment.
11: All conversations guaranteed overheard on the back of what you thought was the 358. Names and identities withheld to maintain fabulousness.
6: The back of the 358. Every other day,
9: every other day, some shit fucking pisses me off. <laughs>
8: 911 emergency.
10: I need her to take this voice and muffle it with her own breath. I need her to stuff my throat full of sweaty nuances, to make it hot in there and, and scratchy. I'm sorry. I need her to sort things out, definitely. I need it sorted and folded, and then I need her to put it away get rid of
7: it. Is that the guy? What guy? Didn't Agnes talk to you about this guy? No, she did
10: not. I need her to take a bacterial tone with me and put it in my ulcer. That's what I need her to do. Sir?
7: The guy with the needs? Uh, what I need her... Is that her the guy with the needs? To, what
10: I need her to do is...
8: Sir, where are you located? I,
10: I need her to come over here and...
8: Sir, please, where
7: are you located?
10: And, and knit me a love vest. I need her. It is I, the guy with the needs.
7: Get a location. I can't. Keep him on a little bit longer, and we'll trace him.
10: I need her to trace me.
7: Twenty more seconds. I
10: need her to trace me and put me in a museum. Where are you? I need her to come
7: find me. We'll trace him, and then we'll go find
8: him. Uh, Sir, do do you want us to find you?
10: I need her to find me and then to hold me. I need her...
8: Ten more seconds. Uh, Sir, have you tried to find yourself? Uh, Sir, you, you must try to find yourself until we get there. Six... Five. Sir, I need you to find yourself. Does he hear footsteps? Sir, do you hear footsteps? Sir. Well, fuck. You lost him. I lost him. Some of them just get lost. Agnes did not talk to me about this guy. She did not talk to me about this. I did the best I could. You're new. You did a good job. He needed too much, though. I couldn't give him what he needs. I know. He wanted someone to, like, fold him up and put him in a sock drawer or something. (laughs) I know. I know. He wanted someone to find him, and I couldn't find him. Instead, he found you. Why won't Agnes communicate with
7: me? Agnes is frazzled. But there are people at stake. That's your responsibility. At least Agnes believes it is your responsibility.
8: But this is just a volunteer position.
7: Agnes, Agnes would argue that you voluntarily put yourself here. But where is she when I need her? She's the boss. You were trained. She had her assistants train you for a very long time. I've
8: never even met.
7: Agnes. She wasn't at the interview. She knew of
8: you from hearsay. From whose
7: say? Who said what about me? That's not for me to know. Only Agnes really knows you. Only Agnes really knows me. Deep down, yes. It's how she knows everybody.
8: Deep. Deep down. It's like she stares at us always, these huge portraits of Agnes everywhere in this office. It's symbolic. Wherever I go in the office, her eyes are watching me. Agnes will always watch over you, Tom. Uh, What is the deal with Agnes, eh, pal? She looks just like my aunt. She talks like her, dresses like her, sprays her hair just like her. It's uncanny. She's like the shadow of my own aunt. Does she have kids? She must.
7: Does she look like your aunt, too? In some ways, Agnes looks like everybody's aunt. Oh.
8: Well, that's really weird. Really weird. Listen, I lost that guy on the line, I lost that guy on the line, and I think it is because of Agnes. Because Agnes never answers any questions. Because Agnes is frazzled. Because Agnes doesn't feel I am her responsibility. You are an adult. I am her employee. Define yourself how you want. I'm sorry. Right. Listen, I need you to go get Agnes so I can talk to her about this. Oh, no. Jesus. Oh, yes, I need you to go get Agnes right away because she and I need to have a little conversation. Oh, no. Tom, stop talking. What? No. Just don't say anything else. I need you to shut up and go get Agnes right now, and then I need you to Agnes feed me my curate And then I need... What? Now Agnes said it was contagious. No, no, stop talking. You must stop talking. I need you to tell me what is going on, you son of a
7: bitch. What exactly did old Agnes tell you? It's contagious. And you've got it now, too. And it's an incurable disease. Well, Agnes is the only one who can soothe it, can change it.
8: Yeah, well, I need you to put the brakes on this little conversation and go get. You'll never get what you need. You will never get what you need. I need you. I need you. I need you. You don't need me. You've got it all wrong. I need you. I need you like taste buds. Like instructions on a chalkboard, I need you. No! Where's Agnes? I need Agnes. Snails like nails on a chalkboard, I need you. I
7: need... Oh,
8: shit! I need you to coax me and to listen. I need you to soothe me and to give me milk. Agnes!
7: I need you to stop this. Stop the disease. I
8: need her to say when. I need her to change me. I
7: need you, Agnes. I need
8: her to stand up. I need her to hang on to me. I
7: need you. I need her. I need you to stop this disease. I
10: need her to sort things out, definitely.
7: Definitely. I need her. Lick me, Agnes. And love me,
10: Agnes. And sort me and fold me and put me away. Agnes. Agnes!
5: Agnes! I need
8: her to stop the insanity and put it away.
5: Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Are you really in danger? you just calling us.
8: Are you chewing gum? Is she chewing?
5: Agnes, they're calling again. Agnes! <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, I'm sorry, Agnes. I'm, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have... Oh, God, the shadow of Agnes! Put
8: goddamn Agnes on the line. I need you to put... I need Agnes. her. Oh. Agnes.
5: Agnes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I know I shouldn't interrupt you during your soaps, but it's an emergency.
8: But, goddamn, Agnes. It's just
5: that they're calling. They're on the phone again. Oh, Agnes, no, don't. Please don't come nearer. Please don't. Uh huh. Uh huh.
8: Agnes is coming.
7: I'm crying. She's coming down the... I can't stop crying. She won't stop staring. Yeah. She's still
8: watching. Your auntie is Agnes. coming Agnes for you
5: Agnes down the coming. hallway. That long, she's long, she's long she's hallway coming. that we all go she's through.
1: She is coming for all of you. Still Your auntie is coming is for all of you. Coming she's
5: she's gonna give you what you need, she said. <laughs>
4: But, um, but little baby, don't you cry, and she's gonna sing you a lullaby. She is gonna give you what
5: you need. She says, here she comes. She says, here come Old Agnes. Mm-hmm.
6: players were Megan Ayers,
8: Eric Ray Anderson, Sean Bellier,
6: Tracy Highland, Nick Coleman, Amy Love,
7: Charles Leggett, Bruce Monroe, Todd Moore, David Natale, Peter Dylan O'Connor,
9: Annette Titangi, Catherine Van Meter,
7: <laughs> Richard Simon, <laughs>
0: With the sandbox Radio Largestra, Dan Tierney on drums. Gonzalez. And I'm your host, Leslie Law So, Catherine and Annette are bringing out some lyric cards Because now's the time in the show And we'd love you to sing along I think you know the tune Ready? Here we go It's really It's really we The episode was recorded in front of a live audience at West of Lennon in Seattle on October 1st, 2012. It was engineered by Christopher Stewart and mixed by Dave Pascal. Our stage manager was Lou Butler. Sandbox Radio is made possible by the generous financial contributions of listeners like you. Support the creation of future episodes by making a donation at thesandboxac.org. sandboxac.org. <laughs>